Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. There's nothing uh, super special about this wreath or the candles themselves. There's a lot of symbolism, and that's what it's all about. It's an opportunity for us to recognize and to understand that as each week passes through Advent, we are expecting. There's, a, there's, an, there's an expectation of, of an arrival, and that's what Advent is all about. It's about slowing down and recognizing uh, the, the, uh, the birth of Christ and, and recognizing our opportunity to just, just slow it down, slow it down through the season. So... The first week, which was the hope candle, I'm going to light now. And if you remember, we talked about the, the hope that was coming. And it's also known as the prophet's candle. The, the prophets in the Old Testament recognized that a Savior, a Messiah was coming. And so as we recognize a new hope, not Star Wars, but Jesus... Uh, we recognize that there is this new hope coming to the world, and we didn't really know as a human race, we didn't really know what that was and what that was going to be until the arrival of Christ himself, but there was a long period there, 400 years in between Old Testament and New Testament, that a lot of people kept leaning in from generation to generation with this expectation, with this hope of an arrival of this Messiah, of this King, of all kings, not knowing what yet it would be, they kept on hoping and hoping and hoping. And so we recognize the hope of Christ that is found in Christ with the hope candle. Then the second week, we recognized peace. And so we talked about the peace of Christ. We talked about how he's the prince of peace. And he is able to provide peace in our lives. And what his whole life was, was about creating shalom in our life. And we looked at the Old Testament word for peace, which is shalom, and how it meant in completion. And I had a brick wall up here, and we talked about how a brick wall is, is, is shalom, and how sometimes we feel like we have bricks in our lives just scattered all over the place, but what Christ does is he builds that wall in our life. What he did for us in our imperfections, because we are imperfect, he creates shalom. He creates a completion that is found in him. And when we go to him constantly and consistently, we can find peace in him, and all the pieces of our lives that feel like it's chaos when we bring him to him, he slowly starts to build that wall, that shalom wall for us. And last week, we talked about joy and how joy came to the world on the very first Christmas day and how Christ is the joy that came to this world to save us and, and how we can rejoice and be glad in everything that he has given us and what he has done for us. And he has created this joy, which is different than happiness, if you remember. When we have joy, when we have the joy of the Lord, we... Uh, have this constant uh, fulfillment knowing that even in our worst days, Christ still loves us and he died for us and so that we can experience an eternal life with him and how that joy can be found in Christ. And then today, we light the love candle. And so today, we're talking about love. So what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. You knew I was going there. You knew I, I'm singing uh, tin, tin. Okay, I can't. You know, we know I don't do melodies and stuff like that, so it's not going to happen. But that uh, that beat bumps, if you know what I'm saying. '90s people out there. What is love? Well, we have a lot of different ways that we define love. 
the ways that we experience love, the ways that we give love, ways that we appreciate love, recognize love. But we, we handle and, and we experience all different types of love, but yet only one word describes love in our life, and that is L-O-V-E, love. I could have gone Ashley Simpson there on some of you, but I don't think anybody would have caught that one. There's a lot of love songs, right? But yet we have a hard time really defining what a true love really is. And so that's what I wanna talk about today, us and how we can experience love. I remember the first time, and my in-laws are here, so I'm not gonna get too gushy because I don't wanna gross them out. But when Danelle and I were dating for the first few months, it was a very powerful word. We, I don't know if you're like me, but I don't wanna just toss around the word love out there when I'm talking to somebody about actually loving them. Like, I, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna, before I hand this, that's like a trophy. Like, like I'm, I'm giving you this. I'm gonna say love, but it's, it's very, like, you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta hold, you gotta recognize how important this is. And so I did that with her, like I held off. And I, and I don't remember who said love first. And there's kind of a story there that I'm not gonna share. I'm just gonna keep that one to myself between Danelle and I. But it was one of those very like, no, you, you, you say it. No, no, you, you, you say it. You, no, you, you, you say it. And like we couldn't get off the phone, that type of thing, you know? Uh, and then finally one of us said that we loved each other. And then immediately after, uh, the other one said that they loved it. It was like a, like a hope that they say it back type of thing, right? But, um, but there was, there's a lot of weight in that very first time that you tell somebody that you love them, right? I mean, think about a time when you told somebody, not your mom and your dad, because you, you know, you you, that's an easy one, but like when, uh, and a significant other, the very first time, if you've been able to say that to somebody, the very first time that you've said that to somebody and what that felt like and, the, and the, the weight that is attached to being able to tell somebody that you love them. Now, compare that to the love that you tell your mom or your dad or your daughter or your son or your cousin or whoever or uh, when somebody gets um, their nails done. Oh, I just love those. Is it the same? It's not the same. We have a lot of different ways that we express our love, and we show love in a lot of different ways as well. See, in the, in the Bible, there's a lot of different definitions in the Greek for love. There's about five main ones that we see. There's about three that we see very consistently. But there's one love that Jesus extends, and it's the one love that he shows, and it's a word known as agape. And agape is a special kind of love. And I wanna remind us today, as we're talking about love, as we're talking about the agape love that Jesus gives to us, that he extends to us, that we can love in a lot of different ways. We can love in all these different definitions. We're gonna talk about agape today more specifically, but we can't quite love the same way that Jesus loved us. But we can recognize today that Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is for everyone. I feel like maybe we, we, yeah, okay, yeah, it's for everyone. But like Christmas is for everyone. Let that sink in for a second. Jesus came to this world, gave himself on a cross for us so that we could have eternal life. Christmas is for everyone. Meaning that, that God 
recognized that there was a need for a savior, that there was a Messiah that needed to come and rescue because the world was living in condemnation. And that we needed something, someone to come. And we read about this one in the Old Testament over and over and over again. That this one, this expectant someone, this king, this Messiah was going to come. And that's the hope that carried on for multiple generations until Christ came. But when Christ came, he came for everyone. Therefore, Christmas is for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are and where you come from and what your background is. In Luke chapter 23, we see this story that is often an Easter story. And I want to tell you today that without Christmas, without Christ coming to this earth, there is no Easter. There is no eternal life for you and I. And so in Luke chapter 23, we see this story of these two criminals that are on the cross. There were three crosses on that day that Jesus was crucified. And Jesus was in the middle between two criminals. Two people that were rightly supposed to be there. Two people that went through a trial and the trial wasn't skewed in any possible way. They were criminals. And I think that sometimes we see this picture of Jesus on a cross and we just think that that's the cross is just for Jesus. At this time, that was the death penalty. There was no other way other than crucifixion. As a matter of fact, it, people were hung on crosses and it was like a way to intimidate people. When you were coming into. I could have planned that to make you intimidated, but I didn't. <laughs> Just as a reminder, we are in a school, so there's a good chance that that comes on again in about four minutes, and then everybody knows that you're late, all right? <laughs> Just as a little warning. But there was a cross along the highway. There were many crosses lining the highways when you were coming into different towns as a way to intimidate, to say, hey, listen, we, don't, we, don't, we can't stand for criminals in this town. So if you're gonna do anything that is unrighteous or anything that is not just, anything that is against the law, this is your future. And so, on this day that Jesus was crucified after he went through trial and he wasn't supposed to be on this cross other than this was God's plan for him to be up there, there was three crosses and Jesus is in the middle between two. Two criminals and in Luke chapter 23 Verse 32, it says this. Two others, criminals, were also led away to be executed with him, which is Jesus. When they arrived at the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And then Jesus says, and this is who he's talking to, he's talking about the Romans, the people who are putting him on the cross, the people who have unrightly unright, put him up on the cross, the people who... Uh, are crucifying him. He says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And they divided his clothes and they cast out lots and the people stood watching and even the leaders kept scoffing. He saved others. This is them mocking Jesus. He saved others. Let him save himself. If this is God's Messiah, the chosen one, you can almost put like air quotes right there. The soldiers also mocked him, and they came offering him sour wine. They said, if you are the king of the Jews, then save yourself. And then there was an inscription that was above his head, and it said, this is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself. Save yourself and save us too. And then the other answered, rebuking him and said, don't you even fear God since you're undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly because 
we're getting back what we deserve from the things that we did, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. And I love to be able to share this story with people because this is a perfect example of the love that Jesus had for us. That here's a man who, who knows what he did. There's, there's not a name for There's a lot of people whose names are written in the Bible. Like people that probably don't, many people that don't deserve their name written in the Bible. They should be forgotten about. Now you're late. They should be forgotten about. And here's this criminal, both these criminals, we don't know their name, we don't know what they did, we don't know anything about them. We don't know the trial they went up for. We, there's literally nothing that we know about them except for that they are criminals and they are being crucified next to Jesus. And yet, one chooses to insult and mock him and the other chooses to surrender to him, recognizes him for who he is. And Jesus says, you know what? You're gonna be with me in paradise today. See, it's not about what we do or what we've done that earns our way into heaven. It's about what Jesus did for us. Jesus paid the ultimate price, was the sacrifice, and then when we give our life to him, when we recognize who he is in our life, when we recognize who he is in our life, that he is just who he says that he is, and we surrender to him, just like this man did here on the cross, that we would be able to experience paradise with him one day. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter anything else. And so when we recognize Christmas and we talk about the love of Christ and the love that he has for us, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, where, what we've experienced, Christmas is for everybody. And that's the love of Jesus. That's the love of Christ. That's that agape love that it doesn't matter. And it's a hard love to actually grasp and to be able to understand. Like I think that the only way that we really truly can experience it is sometimes is with our kids. But even though you, you probably have experienced somebody or even yourself have experienced love that wasn't quite agape love from a loved one. Maybe when it should have been. But Jesus is perfect. Jesus understood it and Jesus demonstrated it and he gave it to everybody. There are, there are story upon story in the New Testament throughout Jesus' life where he demonstrated love that people couldn't even comprehend. Even on the cross, this is a love. Like I said, we have no clue what this guy did, but you can imagine the absolute worst. But Jesus turns to him and says, you'll be with me in paradise today. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. See, this world was filled with people who, were, who deserved everything. And this world still is, deserve, is filled with, with people who deserve absolutely everything. But when we give our life to Christ, he extends that agape love to us that is beyond comprehension. So, so Christmas is for everyone. So we see this idea of love. And, and, and I, I don't know how you've been loved in your life. I don't know how... I don't know how you've experienced love. I don't know if love has been a hard thing for you to receive, if it was not handed to you the way that maybe it's handed to other people. 
But I want you to understand that the love that is found in Christ, the love that Jesus has demonstrated for us, is hard for everybody to comprehend. But it's a little bit more difficult for those who have not received love in the ways that maybe some of, some of us have. And so it's so important for us to be able to look to Christ. A lot of people have different definitions of what love is and what God, how God extends love, but they don't actually go and look to, at the source to be able to see exactly what Jesus did. And as the video demonstrated, Jesus poured out his love for us, not just on the cross, but in his ministry and his life when he was going around telling people about what was yet to come in ways that they would be able to inherit eternal life. He demonstrated love for them time and time again. There was not one thing that Jesus did to somebody that was gonna condemn them. Jesus demonstrated love to everywhere he went. And so the more that we look into the life of Jesus, the more that we recognize that Christmas is for everyone, the more that we look into the life of Christ and the way that he loved, we can be, then be able to reflect that love and show that love to the people around us. But we have to comprehend and understand this agape love that Jesus gave to us in order for us to be able to reflect it and give it to others. I think about Chip and Joe all the time, right? They're pulling away the the, the, you know, are you ready to see your fixer upper? They pull away those, those, the screens of the ugly old, if you're, if you're not with me, just give me one second here just to demonstrate this, okay? I gotta build this up. They, Chip and Joanna Gaines on, on, the, uh, on the show, they, they, they take a dilapidated, nasty house and they fix it up, all right? They take months to do that. And then um, they get the homeowners and they bring them right out in front of the house. But when they open their eyes, there's two big giant screens printed of what the house used to look like. So they're standing in front of their ugly old house still. And then they stand behind those, those screens and they say, y'all ready, ready to see your fixer upper? And then, and then they roll the screen back. And at that moment, the cameras pan to the people's faces and the people are excited. They're just screaming and jumping. They fall over. They're a little overdramatic because it's TV. But they get to see their house for the first time fixed up. But we don't actually see what the house looks like. We see their faces. We don't necessarily know that the house looks awesome, but we know the house looks awesome because we could see it on their face. And so while we cannot see Jesus on this earth, we can extend the love that Jesus extended to us and to others as Christ followers. We can be the love. We can show agape love with our actions and the things that we do and the way that we demonstrate the love for Christ to others. They might not actually be able to see Christ and we might be that first glimpse that they get at him, but they're not gonna see Jesus. The only way they're gonna see Jesus is through us. And so we should be loving. So the only way we can love like Christ is to actually see how Christ loved. And so I wanna tell you again, this whole series, this whole Advent series is about recognizing that on the first Christmas, hope was born. How can we demonstrate hope? We show the love of, of Christ, and we, we, we show the hope of Christ. Uh, then there was peace. Jesus brought peace. Well, how can we demonstrate peace for the people around us? We can, again, show how Christ has brought us into completion and be able to show that to other people. How can we uh, be able to show joy to people? Because joy was, was birthed on Christmas Day. We demonstrate it for those around us because we're continuing to pour into the scriptures and pour into the life of Christ to be able to demonstrate for that for others. And then again, for love. Love was born on Christmas Day. And how can we show love to others? We live out what Christ lived out. 
We have to be able to examine the scriptures and go to him and be able to recognize the importance of him. And I'll tell you what, you're ordinary. I don't know if you guys know that. (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but you're pretty ordinary. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. There's, There's really nothing special. When we're comparing ourselves to Jesus, there really is nothing special about you. You're an ordinary person sent to this earth to live, to breathe, to love, all of these things, but to love God and to love others. You wanna know the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to love God and then to love others. Imagine a world that existed where that happened. But we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a corrupt world. We live in a world filled with imperfections. But the more we desire and the more that we chase after this golden rule to love God and to love others, we begin to do some pretty extraordinary things in our life. And that's through the power of Jesus and what he did. John 3.16, one of the most famous verses. We talked talked about John 3.16 and John 3.17. We talked about John 3.17 a couple weeks ago and I wanna pair these two together. John 3.16 says, for God loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world that he might judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But go back to John 3.16 because it says this. I'm gonna make you say it. For God, what? Loved the world in this way that he gave us Jesus. And the only way that we can extend that love is by doing some pretty extraordinary things from him. I think about Mary, even from the very beginning of Christ coming to this world, Mary was just an ordinary teenager who God did a pretty extraordinary thing with. And time and time again, throughout his walk and his life on earth, he did some pretty amazing things through ordinary people like you and me. And he promised us that when he left, when he ascended and he was gone, he said, you're gonna do these things and even greater things than what we did. And that power resides in us who believe in Christ Jesus to this day. Though we can do some pretty extraordinary things but we have to recognize this love first, this overwhelming, reckless love of God, this love that people just still to this day do not quite understand. We have to realize that no matter what our background is, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been or what is going on in our life, Christ still loves us, he'll continue to love us and he'll extend that love to us time and time again. And it's my prayer that you would be able to understand just really what that love is. You can wrap your love for pizza, for the the people's toenails, the, the manicures, the pedicures, the love for your friends, the love for your spouse, for your kids. All these loves can be combined and defined in a lot of different ways, but Christ loves us 
even bigger than all of that. To the point where I love doing this to some verses where it makes sense, because sometimes it makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. John 3, 16. If you could put it back up there. See, the world here is defined as the human race. It's the people of the world. It's not the world. God didn't just love the ground and, and that he wanted to send Jesus to the ground. No, he, he loved the people of this world. The world means the, the people in the world. But if we can recognize this, even just like zoom it in even further, microscope it on, on just us. Not trying to create a, a world in, in you, but just be, to be able to illustrate the importance of this love that Jesus had for us. Insert your name right here instead of the word, the word world. For God loved Justin in this way, that he gave his one and only son so that Justin would believe in him and not perish, but have eternal life. It can make it a little bit more real for you to understand just what Jesus did for you. And that's the power of the love that is birthed on the very first Christmas. And it's that love that is extended for everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.